Oh, you've got a fly on your hand. <laughs> Do okay. I? Yeah. <laughs> Good catch. It's pants. Yeah, totally. No, it's, he's, he's gone now. Okay. He's gone now. That's a clip right there. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I can. Welcome back to the Strongest Deal podcast. I'm your host, Ross Brand. On my lovely left, I have. I'm Katrina McLeod. And hailing all the way from Ontario, we have. Michelle Raffrey. And as a very special guest on the, the podcast today, hailing all the way from Burnaby, we have our very own Secretary Treasurer, Brother Michael Phillips. Welcome Hello. aboard. <laughs> nice to be here. Okay. Well, I've got to start off the questions straight up. What does the Secretary Treasurer do? Well, my main role is financial. So that's the core of what I do. I'm kind of like the main... Looking after the money, right? Yeah, well, supposed to be, yeah. I try. Oh, oh, hold up. I try. Supposed to be looking after the money? Uh, <laughs> On paper, that's what it says I'm doing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, basically the kind of main financial officer at uh, at the union office. So making right sure that, uh, you know, we're putting the money away, not spending more than we need to, uh, making sure that all of our expenses are authorized, properly authorized, right? Okay. Signing the checks and all that stuff. So that's kind of the core of what I do. But how it ends up working is... I kind of handle the technical side of making the union run, right? So, like, you know, obviously okay. Donna is the president of the local. She sets the direction. She has the vision. Um, you know, Pierre Luke is uh, her kind of deputy as vice president and, you know, is helping her out and doing his own thing with, uh, you know, running the local rep uh, grievance um, arbitration side of things. I kind of handle the technical stuff. So making sure that our communications are working properly, making sure that our staff uh, have what they need. Um, you know, the the clerical staff report to me. Uh, making oh, hold up, hold up, hold mm -hmm. up. So, so we had we we did have this discussion uh, last time on the podcast is what clerical staff actually means because mm. uh, Michelle was telling us that clerical staff is her kind of division. Now, this is mm. this is different to what their job is right clerical yeah exactly so we've got clerical staff in the office right. uh, that are they're considered administrative assistants so they do our typing they um you know send correspondence on our behalf to the company right you call up the union office and you get one of uh them and uh, that they're paid from the local they're, they're, they're yeah, paid staff. exactly right got yeah. it all right yeah full-time full-time employees of the local so they roll up to me uh, and basically just anything that is of a sort of administrative nature, um, you know, making sure that the meeting notices are going out properly, making sure uh, that the units are obeying our rules, our bylaws, uh, making sure that I do the minutes for our executive board meetings, um, all that kind of technical administrative stuff. That's that's sort of my end of things. So, but I am one of the three table officers. So together we collectively you know run the local day-to-day -day, but my kind of side of that is the more admin kind of side of things so you really have to have your finger on the pulse of just about everything yeah that's a good way of putting it so um yeah, i he did have a full head of hair when he first started yeah, the job. Exactly. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah um you know in a given day there's sort of 20 30 little small tasks that i end up running around having to do so yeah that's a good way of putting it for sure so one thing I always get, and people ask me questions all the time. Uh, Michelle will tell you, we always get questions about this. Actually, Michelle, you you guys over in the East, I understand that you guys don't actually have the same pension. Like we're not all, we don't all have the same pension plan. 
which I find is a little bit, you know, talk about inequity. I mean, but um, so what do you guys have over there? Is it the same or is it different? No, it's different. We have the defined contribution plan. Um, but I know that you guys in the West have like this amazing baller friggin <laughs> the baller plan. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's called the baller plan. Yeah. The baller plan. <laughs> that's why it's DB. Yeah. Yeah. DB stands for defined the baller. Defined baller plan. No, but really, like, what is the difference? Yeah, so in BC, we've got the Telecommunication Workers Pension Plan, the TWP, the TWPP, and it's a defined benefit uh, pension plan rather than a defined contribution pension plan. Most pension plans nowadays are defined contribution, and that it's not as good as, as defined benefit. Okay. For a defined contribution, it's like you've got your own, it's kind of like a group RRSP where, yeah, all the money is getting pulled and invested, uh, you know, in a, in a big group. But you've got your earmarked amount of money that is going up, going down. It's kind of like having your own savings account. So it's uh, like, the, like, you know, when you go to the bank and they say, oh, yeah, we'll turn an R RRSP mm -hmm. for you. And then they invest it in a group of RRSPs altogether. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing as like you go to a bank. Yeah, but it's but, managed. But the, the key thing the, is that it's like it's kind of like you've got your own personal account with a do dollar amount on it that goes up, goes down. And if like maybe when you retire, you're going to live till you're 100 and you weren't counting on that and you run out of money. Uh, right. Or, you know, because of the stock market going up or down, uh, you really don't have a clear idea of how much money you're going to have when you retire. The benefit of a defined benefit plan is all that money gets pulled together in one giant fund. And the deal is, rather than you having a certain dollar amount at any given time that goes up and down, the plan just promises you a certain amount of benefit when you retire. Like, it, like you, you can actually plan way ahead of time knowing that you have a certain, you're going to have a certain amount of money when you retire. Yeah. And, and the plan is promising you that. Mm -hmm. And so at, at, at a minimum, or it could even be better than that. And so some so people live till they're 100. And kind of the plan makes loses money off of them because uh, you know because they keep being paid the same and they <laughs> yeah. every month until you yeah. die. Well, oh, yeah. that's lovely. I don't have to plan to die by a certain age. That's my exactly going right. to run out. Yeah. Oh dear, Michelle, <laughs> do you have a death plan that you have organized for yourself then? <laughs> um, I'm pretty much just banking on my kids being successful <laughs> and letting me live with them <laughs> because anytime I go in to see. Um, like how my contributions or whatever are doing and you pick like, okay, I want to retire by the time I'm like 55 or 60 or whatever. It might as well just say, keep dreaming lady, because mm. I am not even like I'm in the red forever. Oh. So I'm just kind of banking on the kids. That's why we have kids though, right? Like, okay. <laughs> so right. one of you has got to be some sort of rock star. One of you has got to be a yeah. sports personality. You know, exactly. You better hurry. And my up. son's in school for nursing, right? And Perfect. so I told him, I'm like, you're gonna buy some land and you're gonna build mama a little tiny home. <laughs> <laughs> you got your little retirement home already set up. It's gonna I have do. ramps everywhere, you know. <laughs> so for your wheelchair. That's like a nice yeah. plan. That's actually not yeah. bad, actually. Yeah, it's a good plan. Maybe I gotta start pumping out some babies. Oh, oh, you're <laughs> thinking about having babies there? Well, I mean <laughs> Yeah, but you, you have, have to a plan defined, for the future. You have a defined right? baller plan. That's true. That's true. You have oh. baller plan. So I don't so need to worry. You don't have to worry about yeah. having kids. How is I the plan doing? Like in, in terms of, like, is it well funded? Oh yeah, it's financially stable. Yeah. Or? So 
the we, we track a statistic called the funded um, ratio, uh, funded status, basically, but it's like a percentage of, uh, you know, comparing the assets of the fund to the liabilities that it's going to eventually have to pay out. Okay. And that metric is at 128 percent. So you guys, you guys probably hear in the headlines once in a while pensions that, you know, can't make their payments, um, you know, benefits having to be reduced. You hear companies saying we can't afford this pension plan. We have to cut back. And, you know, it's, it's getting out of control and all that. Well, we're in the opposite situation. So we've got uh, 128% uh, funding. We're in a, in a very comfortable position to not only meet our promised benefits, but to actually occasionally, as we do, uh, up the, uh, the, the, the amount of benefits that can be provided even beyond the promised benefit. Yeah. Right on. Mm. So I have a difficult question to ask. And uh, I'm going to ask it on behalf of uh, Eastern uh, brothers and sisters. And the question is, this sounds like a fucking great plan. I got to say, mm. it sounds amazing. I'm glad I'm in BC. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, well, the one as soon as I get to 55, I'm gone. I'm going out of the planet. You know, I'm going to take off into the sunset and retire. Right. Mm. I guess I'll live a, a while. Well, that's that's well. my hope, right? That's my hope. <laughs> um, but... There is an inequity here, right? Mm -hmm. So the BC plan is obviously very well funded. What would it take, or is do you ever foresee a future where we can get this plan nationwide so that every brother and sister has that kind of thing? Yeah. Is that a possibility? What do you think? That's always been an aspiration. Um, you know, the company's got different ideas. Like the company, imagine. the company actually contributes ten uh, percent of uh, BC uh, workers wages to the plan and that's you know that's, that's a huge that seems like a lot it's a, it's a good deal for us right they would yeah. rather not probably uh you know and and they have in the past come to the bargaining table to try to reduce that amount right so sure we would love to expand this um plan across the country for equity purposes and just you know to provide more security for folks uh, in their retirement right, right the company probably has different ideas they've expressed that in the past uh, workers contribute some of their salary and the company does as well to a higher degree than uh, in the Eastern uh, DC defined contribution plans. And yeah, they're not thrilled with that. So it would be wonderful to uh, expand this uh, plan out to the uh, East, but uh, it's, it's a bargaining issue like so many other bargaining issues, which isn't to say that it's going to be on the table this time. I don't um, you know, know whether it will be or not, but uh, it, it depends on our bargaining power. Like it's, it's like so many other issues. The stronger we are, the more solid we are, the more we can try to get our way yep, at amen. the table, at the table and elsewhere. And, uh, you know, it would be something quite wonderful for our, our Eastern folks to transition from a DC plant to a DB, DB plant. Usually what happens is, uh, you know, employers try to move their DB plan to a more affordable DC plan. And when I say DB is defined benefit and DC is right, defined right. contribution, um, they, they don't actually run. Uh, our TWPP, the way that most of the pensions that you read about in the paper, you know, the company says, oh, we have to cut contributions because they run those plans. This is actually a plan that the union started, the TWPP. Right. So, um, a little bit of history there for everybody. So, yeah. so it, because it's run by, well, I mean, it's probably so successful because it's run by union people, right? Yeah. Is it? It's not exclusively run, though. I understand there's like a trustee partnership type thing that exactly. goes on, right? So, so the union initiated the creation of the pension plan in the 70s, 
but it is a jointly trusteed pension plan. So right. there's four union trustees and there's four company trustees. So we collectively make those decisions, but it's not like the, the DC defined contribution plans in the East, they're just company run. So the company oh. can make changes. So they can really, decide where it goes. They can decide what they invest in. Yeah, exactly. Where um, So that could be, we're going to invest in ourselves. Or we're going to invest in... Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't really follow the DC plan investments because the union's not really involved there. But, but the DV plan, we make sure that we invest ethically. We have a very large uh, investment in a, a company that we helped create called Concert Properties. And folks that live around the Lower Mainland may have, may have seen uh, billboards for Concert oh, Properties yeah, yeah, uh, developments, yeah. right? Uh, it's a very large, successful development company that we uh, help create. And they use union labor where, wherever possible. They have very progressive uh, work practices. So we, we try to mobilize members' money in a way that's going to be ethical that helps build our communities, helps build housing. That was actually a, a part of the original concert mandate was to focus on rental housing. Hmm. And they still do that. They're one of the only developers that consistently builds rental housing in Vancouver and in Holy the lower Because you, you don't hear that very often. It's all condos, right? And we are it desperately in need for... There is a rental shortage. And yeah, absolutely. The, the price of rentals is unaffordable. It's... It's crazy. Yeah, and I hear the only way it's going to go down is by building more, and if no one's building anything, but that's good to know that like our like that is a good bit of history that I don't think a lot of people understand or know. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know that. Yeah, and to know that it started so long ago and it it and it had um, socialism. I say socialism at its heart, but mm -hmm. it's you know it's um, yeah, it makes you feel good. <laughs> it makes yeah. you feel good that they're putting money into local communities instead mm -hmm. of investing in. <clears throat> The EU should not be named. <laughs> it does, and you know what else is? If they are dedicating a like um, whatever percentage it is, as much as possible to union workers, mm -hmm. you know that the work is being done the it, well. Yeah, you're not getting. If you're having people who are getting paid well, they're getting taken care of. The lowest bidder, right? You know, they're not going to be the lowest bidder. They're not going to be cutting corners. It's not going to be shoddy things that are going up that are not insulated properly, that are not built properly, that are. You know what I mean? You see, you see these ones going up. I go into a lot of buildings. A no, lot. really? All the new ones. I see it all. And I see the craftsmanship and I see the things that start to fall apart really, really quickly when yeah. you cut those corners. Yeah. And, and you, uh, you know, company builds this reputation for quality or lack of quality over decades. Cause like it takes a while for stuff to break down in a road, right? So yeah. like you can always just make a buck by building something cheap. But if you intend to be around for decade after decade, like concert has it just using that a example, a good you know, it's, they've been around since the eighties. So the plan, the pension plan has been around since the seventies, but then, uh, concert was uh, created in, in conjunction with that plan in in the eighties, and they've been they've had a great reputation for exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, you if you have union labor, if you have kind of stable funding through like it's uh, several pension plans actually came together to create concert. That's why it's called concert. A bunch of folks came mm. together in concert to uh, oh, create this company. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> but but we initiated it as the as a um, TWU at the time, Telecommunication Workers Union, right? And, um, you know, wh when you have that kind of stable funding, you're not trying to cut corners. You're not just looking to, you know, maximize your profit in, you know, this year to, to pay your bills. Like you've got a stable uh, position in the market to be able to actually be a high quality, not corner cutter kind of uh, development company. And so, yeah, we should be proud of that. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, pro socially progressive. It's been a very good investment for the plan. Uh, very good. 
and uh, certainly yeah. paying off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, and we we have folks on the board at uh, at concert. Uh, the plan because it's such a, a large investor in concert, we actually have uh, directors like we've uh, have the ability to appoint directors of that company. So how does that help us? So you you get a director position on the board, but why why does that help? Because then you get to manage where they spend their money, yeah, how well, they yeah. spend their money. Yeah, you make sure that they're doing things in the way that uh, meets the um, plan's priorities. So you know that they're stable, that they're not taking too many risks, that they continue to act ethically, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, any any other company could just decide. You know what? We're you know non-union labor is cheaper. We're just going to change our policy away from union to non-union. Well, the majority of the folks running concert at the board of directors are union appointees. Ah, right. There you go. So they they can do that, right? And actually, um, our plan owns forty nine percent of concert, like forty nine percent of concert shares. So we're we're not going to allow you know, and any kind of socially regressive change at that at that company, right? So that's the advantage to having folks on the board of directors and, you know, to own that that amount of shares. We can make sure that the uh, company makes money for retirees, essentially, is how it mm-hmm. ends up working. And um, at the same time, make sure that they're socially progressive and, and really building up the communities that they that they work in or that they develop in. Well, hot damn. Mm-hmm. Good thought, good. you know, yeah. putting... Uh, People in charge of, you know, or union people in charge of a, a union, well, a company mm-hmm. would have a, a social benefit for people. <laughs> it just sounds so great, right? You're making money, you're making jobs, you're making houses. And, 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 like and it, it really boils, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it boils down to like, I mean, I'm sure it is a for profit organization. Right? Oh, yeah. It is. Okay. So it's, its primary purpose is to make money. But it doesn't feel like that is the only purpose. Well, but, or, or, but hold on, making money for retirees. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like, you know, these plans own the shares. So it's not like we're talking about some rich people owning shares in some, you know, yeah, not the mega com- rich Oh, I needed company. a second yacht. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, when you say it's for profit, yes, it's for profit, but those profits go to our members. They go to retirees, folks that are members of the plans that own that company, right? So, yeah. Who'd have thought? Yeah, no, it's it's worked out really well. US dub. Let's hear it. I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so sorry, Michelle. I'm moving. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I think the collective agreement says even if you move. Oh, sorry, too bad. That's what they say in the collective agreement. It does. Hmm. If you move from BC to uh, uh, the East, it it follows suit. So if you move, the pension follows you. But um, yeah, because this question got asked to me because somebody somebody moved to Calgary. I -hmm. think it was your buddy, Jesse. Ah, shout out Jesse. Shout out Jesse. Uh, excellent worker, excellent uh, mentor. Uh, he's done a lot of the facilitating teaching. Uh, he's a real nice guy. He took his family out to, uh, uh, yeah, Alberta, Calgary, Red Deer area. I hope he's doing well. You better be listening. Some good Jesse's out there. Yeah. Well, he was very involved in the union, actually. He was, um, I think, like our secretary, secretary treasurer of, the, yeah. our, of our local. So okay. I might be stepping into that role, but mm. uh, big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. And you should. It's not as hard as you think. And no. there's a beautiful manual yeah. that I think. Uh, did you make that that manual? Yeah. The secretary's manual. Well, I wrote oh. the draft, and then it got approved with some changes. But okay, yeah. okay, yeah. I gotta say something then. Okay, what? <laughs> hopefully this stays in my get cut. <laughs> we had okay. So you got the manuals too, Michelle, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you, you don't have them with you, do you? Just to show people what they look like. She's like looking yeah. at the bookshelf. Oh, I got them right here. Okay, show <laughs> us. Show us. Because we got two versions of these. Yeah. We got the version from 
two years ago and then the last year's version. Yeah. And they, they're pretty much. The I same. just have the uh, unit chair one up here. Oh, because you're but the I chair. Have, yeah. But the other one is pink. So what color is that? The secretary one. The secretary's one's pink, you say? Yeah. <laughs> and that one's a green color, I see. Yeah, and so fancy. and so we changed color from the last one, which was a blue one. But the secretary's <laughs> one also pink. So for two versions, we've had a pink cover we've, for our secretary. Does that it, is have it kind any of relevance? trying to say yes? Is <laughs> it, are you trying to say something? We've we've had some feedback on that. So <laughs> yeah. so our clerical staff, as I was talking about earlier, yeah. said, "Hey, what colors do you want these manuals to be?" And I said, "Whatever, you pick the color." So okay. yeah, yeah, I passed that book. <laughs> it wasn't me. This I didn't pick story. this. So I did not even, you know, really care or or notice, uh, you know, the colors. But yeah, that, when someone mentioned that, like, why, why do you have like baby boy blue for the unit chair <laughs> yeah, and that's like funny. pink for the mm-hmm. secretary? What's his tra- What are you trying to say? Subliminally yeah, okay. trying to tell us. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I mean, those are just the colors of the papers we had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should be gold, really. So I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of funny and a bit of a joke. But then I realized, you know what, if we're issuing another version, <laughs> let's change They'll the all be black. Black or yeah. white, exactly. <laughs> just white paper. I feel from like purple is pretty neutral. I don't know. Mm. What do you think, Michelle? She, Sorry, <laughs> she was having a little cough there. <laughs> I know. I love the green. I think the green's great. Mm. Purple, super neutral too. Yeah, just like your background. But I liked what Tyler said. Just do it in gold foil. Yeah, <laughs> treasure. Oh, yeah, yeah, everybody's right. going to be selling off our covers. Yeah. <laughs> Just make it, uh, what's that, uh, layered gold? Yeah, plated. Right. Yeah. And then you'd have people itching to get the job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I kind of ran out the door this morning. I wasn't uh, entirely prepared. And so I'm really grateful that you brought uh, this sweet swag, man. Like, Ooh. look at this hoodie. I'm so stoked. And it's a nice fit. Stitching's quality. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're on one of those shopping channels right now. You're like, look at this channel. <laughs> hey, you know what? I got, into, I got into that for a while when I was like working out of town and there's nothing on at the end of the night. And you kind of tune into those. I might have bought a couple products. But you know what? You don't have Shake to tune weight. into that, folks. You can go straight to USW1944.ca to buy your swag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a good point. It's union made, quality stuff, right? Canadian made. made, made. In Canada. Yeah. Yeah, made oh. in Canada. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I will say this I've had a union t shirt, not this one, because this one's brand new, by the way. Brand new design. Mm. Uh, but I um, I bought a union t shirt at a convention, got to be like five, six years ago. It was the last one that we did in Toronto. And um, I bought it there, and I've still got the same T-shirt. And it is one of the only T-shirts, because my wife likes Old Navy. She mm-hmm. likes to buy stuff at Old Navy. And so um, it's the only T-shirt that hasn't pilled. It hasn't oh, yeah. warped. It hasn't shrunk. Or yeah. I mean, I've shrunk. <laughs> or got, no, the other way. I've grown a lot. <laughs> but it still, does still fit. And, I, and I'm saying it's still quality. Like, it is very, mm-hmm. very well made. Yeah. Well, stuff made in Canada is quality, right? So, Absolutely. So yeah, there's your, it's another there's your example. Tagline. It's another big example of when you try to do the right thing, good things happen, right? I yeah. want to know where you get this from because I've wanted a zipper putty for the longest time, and I have yet to find one. Oh yeah, this this was District Six convention a few uh, years ago in yeah, Collingwood, okay. and they they gave everybody one of these. Yeah, it's kind of sharp with the little yellow tassels little or whatever. Yeah, you that call looks that. good. Yeah. 
Michael, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Um, I know you've been secretary treasurer for a long time now and you're super good at it. Um, do you enjoy what you do? Yeah, mm. I do. I do. Um, I mean, I, I even enjoyed working on the phones at, at Talos. I was a, I was an operator in, in competitive operator services, but it is nice to be able to dedicate all my time all day long uh, and a little on the weekend uh, to, <laughs> to helping members uh, in, in whatever way we can. So, you know, sometimes at work you have like a reward and I'm talking about at TELUS, you have a rewarding call or, you know, you felt like you really helped somebody, but then other times you kind of get ground down and you kind of wonder what, you know, what, what am I doing this for? Especially with, when you're mistreated mm -hmm. by the company where at, you know, working for the union, it's, even though it can be stressful, it's rewarding all day long. Cause you know that you're entirely dedicated, you know, your whole, your whole work product is to assist your brothers and sisters in the union, help them have a, a fair shake at work, help get, get them more dignity uh, and, and respect in their workplace, right? And we're all, especially in a bargaining year, working towards the same goal, trying to get a better, uh, more solid, more equitable, equitable collective agreement for everybody. And um, it's just nice to be able to, to have that as your vocation, like right? To to have that mm -hmm. as as what you're dedicating your talent to, right? That's a full time job. I'm going to spend my time mm -hmm. yeah. helping others. Yeah, essentially, it's not like you've got the company that's kind of exploiting some talent of yours for just like you know profit or 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 you know, um, you know, like one thing that really annoys me is is the fact that uh, IR folks are are expected to to um, sell like crazy when they go into <laughs> yeah uh, yeah we were into, talking about that weren't we into the home. And so it's like, you know, sometimes the company will take something that you're good at and try to exploit it for money, right? The trust, the, the kind of bond between an INR person and, uh, and, you know, the customer ends up getting just sort of tapped for profit, right? Yeah, and, there's a certain reputation that uh, INR or, you know, technicians in general have earned over many mm -hmm. years, like, like you said, from the 40s, 44, all the way through, mm -hmm. people have come to expect and yeah, it does feel like they're kind of trading on that expertise now to kind of get you in the door and then they're bait and switching yeah. to something like, I mean, you'll know more than most because I, I worked in, in network, but Kat actually works for INR. Out there in the trenches. <laughs> in the fields. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I mean. I mean, do you like the sales? Is that something that bothers you? Is it just something that's tacked You know on? what? I do my best because it is a requirement of my job, but I do it um, I don't, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for fairly. Like I'm, I really am not gonna, I don't feel comfortable selling someone something they don't need. Ah, right. That's a difference. Mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and some, and some people, I'm sure they feel the pressure and, and they will go that little extra mm -hmm. mile. Maybe, maybe to this person that doesn't really need a product, they're going to pitch it anyway. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is, sometimes it does work out where, you go there and they're like, oh, you know what? I I needed this other thing too. Could you help me with that as well? And then I feel good about, you know, being able to process that. Because it's part of fixing something. Though. Because yeah. it's part of fixing yeah. something. It's a, it, They had a need and a want. But, what were you going to say, Michelle? Well, we get that all the time, right? Where people will call in and they were sent a product that they didn't want, right? And they all of a sudden have this massive bill because they haven't realized that they've been paying for this service that they're now in a contract for, for a few years. Right. And they're like, but I didn't want this. Like I didn't need it. And I think when for years and years and years, 
you know, we were very focused on giving world-class customer service, yeah, right? Like that was, was our jam. That was the like primary we, thing. Customers right? first. Yeah. Like we, you know, you pay a little bit more with the company, right? For your services, but you are getting a world-class, you know, customer service feel from start to finish. Whereas now it's like, that doesn't even matter anymore. It's just like, let's get this stuff sold to these people. And to me, like, I feel like after 14 years in the same position, like I'm good at my job. Like I am good at saving customers. I'm good at helping them with what they need. Good at customer service. But I morally have huge issues with sales and selling to people who say they're, they can't pay their bills. Well, yeah, I get in trouble all the time, right? But I just won't do it. I'm like, me as a person, I cannot do that because that is an awful feeling, right? right? And to pile on more services that they still can't pay for, maybe they're saving oh like one percent on their home insurance or whatever. That's not enough. Yeah. And 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 like you 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 hit the nail on the head there, like the customer service thing, right? Two two models to bring attention to here: Costco. And I'll say that right off the bat: everybody loves Costco. Who doesn't love Costco, right? I quite like it. You love Costco coffee. I you know love their coffee. <laughs> but here's the thing: is like it's it's returnable. Their customers. I mean, if you're walking around the store, their customer service is not so good. But you know they're reliable. Their customer service is great, and their products are more. They're, they're just as cheap at Walmart. But why do people prefer Costco over Walmart? And they pay for the privilege of going to Costco, and it's because their customer service is so much more different. I know it's reliable. I know I can go in. And I can return something whenever I want to. I love Costco, but it's I mean, great. That that is that is the difference. I mean, you could say that you could argue the same that um, any product it could be mediocre as long as the customer service is there. I have a, I've got a funny story actually about uh, Costco. My old boss was telling us he uh, he got an angry call from his wife from Costco. She was like, you know. You could have at least cleaned out the barbecue for me. He's like, "What are you talking about?" What? She's like, "The barbecue that I had to take back." She's like, "He's like, they, she said they took it back, but it was just full of crap. That was brutal." He was like, "That was there on the side of the house to go to the dump." Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> Did they still take it back? <laughs> Truly, they take everything back. There's your prime example. I heard about somebody taking back a Christmas tree after uh, Christmas. So funny. I'd be yeah. so sad if they got rid of my my my. Costco. They, you could talk nice to me and I might like shop for you. <laughs> oh, I see. I, I like going and just looking through the aisles and looking at all the stuff I'm not going to buy. Totally. And, and I get in and I get out. I miss the samples. That's what I like. Yeah. Samples would always so I'm good. getting the meat. I'm getting the cheese. I'm getting the coffee. I might get some cat food. And then I'm like, see ya. Costco's yeah. well, the kind cream? of place where you have to have a car in order to go there and to use it properly. I, I don't have a car. I have a bike. So I've hold been I've been I've been up. I've been to, I've been to Costco like hold two up. times. They don't even build them near the tran- transit. <laughs> Wait, so I, I know you I, I know you are in BC yeah. and you live in BC, yeah. but you don't own a car. No, no. I haven't driven a car in since two thousand six. But you know how to drive one, yeah. you just don't you just I don't know if I know how anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to do trial and error to figure out <laughs> either. Take a Jeep for a rip? <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it a green decision or just like, I don't need it's, it? Like, yeah, it is partially a green decision. Um, and also I don't need it. But, and it's, it's cars, like you get used to it, but it's a pain in the ass having a car. Like, you know, if mm. imagine not having to deal with accidents ever, breakdowns ever, uh, insurance, garbage. Um, you know, like I get a flat tire on my bike, it's 20 bucks. 
But what happens like if you want to go to Costco? No, <laughs> but you can't. So like certain certain aspects of the world are clo- closed to you. Closed, <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, you know, you get used to it. I've I've uh, only used transit for the last like uh, you know whatever that is, fifteen years, and you know that's kind of just my lifestyle at this point. So mm. yeah, it's par- right. it's partially a green thing. Kudos it's also you. it saves you money and um, healthier. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll challenge you on on the fact that you said that there's no Costco near SkyTrain. I'm pretty dun, dun. sure there's one by Lake City. Oh, <laughs> I don't take that line. <laughs> so, like, oh. oh, that's the bad line. Yeah. You don't take that line. Well, that's like Burquitlam. Yeah, okay. like, is it? Yeah, is, I'm never up that. I'm never really up that way. Interesting. Do you? Do you? Because you're a city liver too, right? It, Michelle. You live in the city. No. Oh, you don't. Are you in the suburbs? No. Yeah. All right. So you got a car and you drive to Costco. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So I'm not unusual being surprised when Michael says he doesn't. Mm. So that's two things you surprised me with today because your other thing was you're a pianist. <laughs> yes. That's how you say that. it. That's, that's how you say it. That's, <laughs> I really I, want to enunciate that one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A pianist. Yeah. So you play uh, piano. Well, yeah, but not, uh, you know, I, I'm not great, but I, I have a digital piano at home and, you know. Everybody needs a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just for all the viewers at home, it's like we're, we're in the studio, the Pineapple Sand studio. Shout out to Pineapple Sand. Uh, those guys, um, they have a it's a Steinway yeah, Grand D, Piano. Yeah, it's, as good as it gets. Yeah, yeah, as good as it gets. Like the the top notch quality mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And uh, I think you were afraid to touch it when you. Oh, just, I asked whether I could touch it because I wasn't sure if it was just like for you sure. know the the china that nobody actually <laughs> uses, right? So I was like, wow, this is incredible. Did but, it feel uh, good? Like, does it feel better than like? Yeah, you know, yeah, Yamaha yeah. keyboard that you have at home. Oh yeah, um, yeah. The the weighting is all different, but it's it's the sound. Like it's just like the you know the tinkle of the higher keys is just different. The like growliness of the lower keys is just different. Like it's hard to put into words, but like Steinway is like the top kind of piano you can get, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's nine ever... feet of magic. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So have you, you haven't done any performances? Is this all just, this all just hey, I need to relax on it, the weekend. I'm going to just yeah, bang out some tunes. Yeah, it's just kind of like a hobby. But um, I, I write songs just basically for myself. My own I, I gotta say, I, yeah. in my own head, I am thinking of the sound from Friends that Ross plays. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, no. It's not like that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna shock you. I'm gonna shock you again. I don't have a TV either. So. Oh my god! You don't have nice. a TV either. Yeah. So uh, don't oh. tell me you don't have net. Don't please say you have Netflix. <laughs> no, I don't have Netflix. That's two. Do you have a VCR? Do you have a VCR? Well, with no TV. Well, he doesn't have a TV. Oh yeah, you don't have a TV. <laughs> no, but we're 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 more alike. Yeah. Than because uh, I, I have I was talking just like last episode about how I just got this new VCR and I was real pumped about it and they were laughing. And we were like, this horror, is what's like, up. Yeah. You, don't, you don't need TV. No, you don't need TV. You, you know, you get used to things, right? Like when I go visit somebody and they've got a TV, even just the ads are so aggravating if you're not used to it. But you get used to that kind of stuff. You do, but, you do. Yeah, but it's, it's you know, that's actually one big reason I don't have a TV. And I, I remember I sound like my grandpa. He, he, would, he would mute the ads every, every time. And I thought that was that's weird behavior. But now I'm kind of I'm kind of like that myself. It's just uh, 
yeah, I don't really like the idea of every, you know, 10 minutes someone's trying to sell you something. This is kind of why well, yeah, uh, I'm kind of like is... our, our customers getting sick of, you know, folks true. trying to sell yeah. them stuff. But um, yeah, no, I'm just not too into TV. I like movies. Yeah, I don't like so, so you're not governed by electronics, basically. Yeah. It's good. I kind of go home, read. I have the internet, so I'm not like under a rock, but, uh, you know, I... <laughs> I don't know. You just get used to not having a TV. Like it feels natural after a while. You know what? I've been spending this whole time trying to humanize you more. <laughs> and now you're humanizing yourself less. By saying, I'm not like the rest of you TV watchers <laughs> and car drivers. I, I much prefer my yeah, bicycle sorry. and my, uh, my books and my yeah. reports. Hey, well, that's a good experiment. How many of our listeners uh, yeah, have TVs or don't have cable? Huh. Comment yeah. below. How many how many people actually don't have cable? I'd be interested to know that answer because <laughs> I am I have an abundance of entertainment options. And in fact, it's too much. And I have said to my wife and I said, look, we gotta like we don't even really watch the TV anymore, but yeah. we have it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let's just get rid of it and we'll stick to the streaming services, let's cut the cord and all that. But uh, you know, as soon as they have all her shows on one streaming platform, we will cut. But until they are, like, you, you, gotta, can't, get, yeah. you gotta have Survivor and your Housewives of whatever, whatever, <laughs> and uh, The Bachelorette. Oh, she's really into the reality. Oh, TV loves shows, it hey? so much. So much. You know, I, I heard I about cannot this. stand it. I cannot because I, I feel like it's so obviously fake mm -hmm. that, you know, like, for some reason they're arguing again. Every single episode, we're gonna argue and get into some drama. I'm not big for reality TV. I did hear about one that I think maybe I would watch once and I heard about it from a comedian and it's a British reality TV show and it's called Naked Attraction. Oh my God. And it's the whole <laughs> premise, the whole premise, I'm not gonna get into it too much. The whole premise of the show is you're either like a, um, like a man or a woman or whatever you want to identify as. And you go on the show and you're looking for love. You're looking, for, looking love, for love. But you're looking to see the naked the true truth. version mm. of the person. Just bared down to the soul mm. and also naked. <laughs> and there, there, there'll be like five people that you can choose from. And they're in tubes. Okay. And then there's like a big sh uh, like shield in front of them. And then they start lifting the tubes from, from the, the feet up. Oh, those are some good calves. I'm going to keep number one and number three. They'll just, they'll just go up to, I don't know, like the knees or something. And then you're like, they say like, oh, ask them some questions. But this person's literally just judging their feet at yeah, this yeah. point. Like, let's be real. And then from there, it just keeps going up. Oh, my God. And well, then at the thanks. end, that person looking for love has to um, also come out in the nude. And then the person they chose has to choose them back. So like a nude Tinder. Yep. Super weird. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen it, but... Um, Sounds like you know an awful lot about it for no, someone who hasn't a, seen it. There's though. a comedian that went off and uh, she's really funny. And then she was like... She uh, also identifies as a lesbian. And so she was like, never seen that many willies before. <laughs> <laughs> These British shows. Can't trust this it. doesn't make me want a TV. <laughs> I want to go back a little bit because you talked a little bit about um, uh, bargaining and how, you know, over multiple years, people obviously bargain for a better uh, pension. And over years, like it's been built over the decades. Mm -hmm. um, 
like a lot of people are asking the same questions like what are we bargaining for what is uh, you know what's in our bargain proposals and uh, i mean i've said to them you know we obviously can't give away the strategy here only mm-hmm. that's a it's a bad idea but um like what can people do though because they it feels like they want to do something yeah what can we do what are what are uh the things that people can do to contribute to a better agreement because ultimately if we all stick together and we all do things together as one we will get a better agreement mm-hmm. but right now i think people feel a little bit lost mm-hmm. and it's not through lack of trying and communicating mm-hmm. um but things like the sales petition, I don't think, feel like people understand the relation between what the sales petition is and what why that affects bargaining. Mm-hmm. Or does it? Maybe it doesn't. But what, no, is there, it, does. it does. So, you know, I mean, this, the sales petition is what it is. It's a, it's a call to the company to change its ways regarding high-pressure sales, right? So that's, that's one aspect of it. And it's definitely getting the company's attention. Um, we know that from discussions happening with the company. But the subtext to that is any any campaign that uh, members or any union activity at all that uh, a lot of members end up participating in, more and more participating in, uh, shows the company that we're coming together, we're in communication with each other, we're organized. We, uh, you know, when the union is pointing the way uh, to, you know, to, on, on some issue. Uh, there's traction there and there's folks participating that scares the company that lets the company know that we are truly getting organized, that members are not looking to the company for their uh, guidance or, or, you know, to improve their work lives because that trust relationship is breaking constantly and that they're increasingly looking to the union as, as having their back as being their, their true uh, advocate. Right. So whether it is attending unit meetings, whether it is filling out a survey that we put out, whether it is uh, signing onto a petition, whether it's any future campaign that we're going to have through through bargaining or for whatever other reason, just participating, uh, just encouraging uh, your coworkers to to participate, uh, you know, getting it out there and visible that we're all moving in the same direction at once and that we're all willing to advocate not only for ourselves, but for one another on any particular issue. Uh, the company notices that. They're watching. Mm-hmm. They, when, they're what, attaching some sort of math to it and saying, oh, yeah. I mean, it's a solid oh, yeah. flex, right? For yeah. all the yous out there. <laughs> you, you gotta flex the... sometimes. Let them know what you can do. That, that's right. I wouldn't have phrased it that, that way. But that, that is exactly right. That is exactly right. Um, just trying to stay hip. Just trying to stay relevant to our younger people of the audience. Trying to hit the different demographics. That's good. The TikTok is out there. If you want, you know? um, but yeah, they're try. You know, the company tracks everything, and yes. they yeah. they uh, know that they. They, they need to be able to read the strength of the union to know how aggressive they can be in, in, in bargaining, right? Mm. Um, if they perceive weakness, then they will come after us hard. If they perceive strength, then they have to get real. There, there's um, a good example of that uh, is actually how the uh, high pressure sales petition has uh, developed. At first, the company, I can't get into too many details about behind the scenes sort of conversations, but right when we released that, the company was really pissed at the at the union um, leadership, you know, they, Actually, they, I, they, they let us know that. And they were being very aggressive, very aggressive with us. And I can't get into a lot of details, but, um, anyway, 
And that was before it really took off and started to become, uh, you know, as, as successful and, um, you know, generate the, the uh, participation that it ended up doing. After it became clear that we were getting, you know, 1,000 signatures, 2,000 signatures, like a significant portion of the membership was signing a friggin' petition calling on their employer to change its ways, which is a pretty aggressive thing, right? <laughs> Demonstrates a pretty big problem at work. Then the company called us up and asked us for a meeting uh, on, on the issue. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, to, to explore uh, the nature of our concerns and such. So anyway, it's kind of stuff something that's going on in the background we we did have a meeting and um you know that's moving forward We're, we've mm -hmm. committed to having a succession of meetings but the only thing that changed from point a to point b was that at point a the company didn't see how strong right we could support this this issue and then, then, and when, then when stick together yeah. on the issue and then when they did it caused them to change their tune that's the story of bargaining Collective action at work. That's yeah. solidarity. That's yeah. what it is about. Yeah. That's like like if, if if people think that, you know, the company is gonna be easier on us if 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 we if we um if they're not as gung ho about bargaining, it's the opposite. The the company is going to be aggressive to the point of what they feel that they can get away with. We have to show them that they can't get away with uh, being as aggressive to us as they've been in, in, in previous rounds. And the way to do that is through collective action. It's exactly what a union is about. So getting back to the question about, you know, what we can do as members to, to help out the local, A, stay in touch with the local, make sure that you, you're getting and reading text your text message, website, yep. email, Puma captains, mm -hmm. shop stewards, go to meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And right. just have the conversations, I think, with even the people that aren't attending the union meetings currently, but like bring up like, oh, I heard this. At, where were you last night? I heard this. Did you hear about this? And just have those conversations and you can yeah. entice mm -hmm. more people. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second thing, you know, assuming that everybody has is has their communication channels open is to, when the union has a, a, a plan, has a campaign, has an action that we're asking folks to participate in, you know, participate, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, trust e the union even, that there's a reason they're asking you to do yes, something. Yes. Even if sales aren't a problem for you personally, Support your brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Sign the petition. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, um, even if you've got like, we're also exhausted after after work. It, it's it's hard to even generate the energy. To like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go to a union a union meeting. I'm gonna you know look up this uh, you know read the magazine or whatever. But you know, participating in that in that way is going to help change our workplaces so that they aren't as stressful as they currently are so that we're not, a, we're not as burnt yeah. out. Like it's not an excuse, you know, being burnt out isn't an excuse to not fight being burnt out, right? Mm -hmm. Getting exploited by the company isn't an excuse to not fight back against that exploitation, right? Yet we have to generate the, the morale, the, the energy to even after a shitty day, go to that unit, unit meeting, participate in that campaign, do what you can do so that eventually you're not going to be uh, dreading coming to work, or you're not going to, you know, feel like your, your work, you know, drains, drains your energy and you can't wait to, to get out of there. Right. We, we can change the way that our work feels, but it's going to take collective action. Right? And we demonstrated that. And yeah, there's no, there's no other example uh, clearer right now to me than the sales petition and mm -hmm. how it, how it moved the needle and how yeah. there's now a conversation, at least a dialogue is open. Mm -hmm. Right. 
There's a lot of upset people about the sales thing. Like the, I have, I've talked to mo, the majority, like other techs or people I talk to, like don't really like the job anymore because of that. Yeah. Like they've got a lot of people who used to be like, yeah, this is gonna be my sure. career forever to like, yeah, maybe not. Well, here's the thing. Like imagine you get a job as a tech technician. I like to turn screwdrivers and yeah. cut yeah. things and do wiring and stuff. And then all of a sudden, uh, actually, that is actually your secondary part mm -hmm. of your job now. Yeah. With the primary being your sales. Yeah, it's a terrible thing. Like some people go into that work because that it's, you know, they're not. Because you maybe don't want to do sales. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. don't want to do sales. It, you know, they want to do something tangible, working with their hands, something that they can point to at the end of the day saying, I did that, right? Or yeah. they want to help people and they're good at mediating or, you know, the kind of work that Michelle and her and mm -hmm. her crew is, is exactly. doing. And, and you probably didn't go into that either thinking it was going to be sales. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to ask a loaded question. So what got you into the job that you're in now? Go on, Michelle. You go first. Um, money. Like, honestly, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I have three kids. Like, I needed to have um, a good job that had good benefits, right? Like, I was the breadwinner in my family. And um, I had worked in call centers before, like, for an automotive company. I'd worked there for um, six years. So going into this role, right, with this company, it was a lot easier, actually, than what I was doing before. But it paid way more. And obviously, because we're unionized. But um, yeah, that's why. You can thank the union for that. Like a lot of people think, oh, exactly. TELUS, look, oh TELUS is a great place to work. They, they, they give me great benefits. They pay me well. It's like, yeah, who, who negotiated yeah. that for you? Mm -hmm. Because I can guarantee you uh, a non-unionized call center. Like, I mean, you used to work for one, right? Like you can Oh tell. my God. It was like, I was there for five years and this is a big company, right? They've got money. And I started at uh, $13 and 75 cents. And after five or six years, I was at like 14, 10. Wow. Like oh, huge pay increase that, there. <laughs> yeah. Like that was it. Right. So, and then coming and pretty much making double right at another call center was amazing. Yeah. For me, it was, yeah. um, it was like, I, I was in the similar boat. I just had a family, just started a family. And, uh, what attracted me was the, is the benefits and the pay was more. And it was, I was working as a technical person in a photo lab, used to be a photographer back in the day. And so um, for me, it was a, um, you know, I couldn't, can't live in Vancouver on the wage I'm earning. So you need to look for another job. And a friend of mine suggested uh, the company. And so I naturally went for it. And, uh, you know, 10 years later, here I am on this microphone talking to mm. you lovely people. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, well, maybe 12 years later. So mm. how about you? Yeah, I mean... Uh, Let's face it, it all really boils down to the benefits and the money. It does, does it not? Mm -hmm. Am I not wrong? Yeah. But yeah. union wages and benefits, right? Like unionized wages and benefits. Yeah. For all I'm, those people who are not unionized, this is something you need to For me, right? Like I've I've done a lot of jobs. Like a, like a lot. I've tried a lot of different fields and um, I just wanted something that was more stable. I didn't want to do compressed shift work anymore. I didn't want to have to work multiple jobs anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't want to have to work out of town anymore. I wanted something that had longevity, 
decent wage. Like nobody's paying for me, but me, no one's going to look after me if I don't have a good job and a good pension and a good pension. Like, you know what I mean? So, uh, looking, looking at the company that we work for right off the bat, good reputation for benefits, taking care of the employees because they're union. Uh, it's something that, I could get out in the field, which I like field work. I tend to wilt in an office. It's not an environment that I can enjoy long-term. I can get the job done, but it's not, I'll be moving on in a, in a couple of months. You know what I mean? What do you think about it now though? How do, well, do you I feel still the same? enjoy the work because I like working with my hands and I like uh, going to different places all the time, having, you know, variety, a little spice, but uh, helping people. I take pride in my work because I, I do the job right. Mm -hmm. And then I know that those people are taken care of. And that's something that I enjoy. And that's another reason why I enjoy being part of the union, right? I want to know that the people around me, it's inclusive. They're taken care of. Those are things that make me happy. So that's, that's why I'm still probably here because it is still competitive wage somewhat to other opportunities out there. Uh, but we definitely need our bargaining to keep that in relevant. line with the, the current infra inflation and I think rate. Something that I try to follow in my life, like a motto that I have is like um, apathy is the enemy. Yeah, I, absolutely. It's yeah. so difficult sometimes to not be apathetic. Like mm -hmm. always try to remind myself apathy is the enemy. You got to give a shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you don't, no one gives a shit. Mm -hmm. It's. Uh, yeah. and, and, <clears throat> I mean, we had talked about this um, personally about this, and it's it's how the, the, there's a feeling of apathy in the world, right? Whereas I can't make a difference, mm -hmm. but if one person, it's like infectious. If one person demonstrates that they're trying, and then that naturally leads to other people feeling the same way. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of uh, how our unions worked. For, we it's had like this ripples. dark period of time mm -hmm. where nobody was doing anything. Yep. And it was like, oh, well, whatever then. Yep. But now I feel like there's definitely been a perspective change. There's been a shift, mm -hmm. right? And we've definitely grown momentum. I mean, this podcast is a perfect example, right? It's forward thinking. It's trying something new. Mm -hmm. And if people can see this and demonstrate that other people give a shit, other people feel like I do, mm -hmm. um, it kind of pushes them, well, maybe I will do something. I'll attend this meeting or mm -hmm. I'll go over here and do this. Yeah. I mean, if you don't think that anybody else is going to come to a meeting, you're not going to come to the meeting. If Tell you, me. if you right. don't think that everybody, that anybody else is going to sign a petition, you're not going to sign a petition, right? So you've got this sort of inertia of apathy where, you know, everybody kind of looking at each other not doing stuff makes everybody else want to not do stuff and we've had that going back for a few years and it's just starting to i mean it's basically transitioning now uh, away from that but you know we've had a couple of rounds that were not successful in bargaining um quite not successful and you know you get that inertia of people thinking well you know what's the union doing for me because i keep getting these exactly, shitty, yeah. shitty agreements or, yeah. you know i mean any collective agreement is better than no collective agreement but people are looking at these concessions and you, you, but we need to and we are transitioning to a to a situation where people know that they can sign a petition because everybody else that they know is going to yes. is going to sign it they are going to come to a unit meeting because you know their buddy and their other buddy and their other buddy are coming to the unit meeting and pretty soon you end up with a situation where 
um, you don't want to be the one that's left out. You don't want to be the one that didn't show up at the meeting. You don't want to be the one in your work group that didn't sign the petition, right? Right. So, and so there's kind of a inertia on, on the positive side at, at, at some point where, um, you know, people are participating because they know everybody else is going to participate, right? So the, the whole trick is getting from that one situation to the other situation. And we're in, a, I think, a really exciting time right now where, exactly. in my opinion, uh, and there's, you know, metrics to bear this out. <laughs> uh, every time, you know, we are transitioning from that apathy kind of inertia situation to having a really activated, uh, organized membership. We can see that with every every campaign that we're launching, we're getting more and more participation. Uh, our, our unit meetings are getting more and more participation. Uh, the, just the attitude of of members is very uh, much more optimistic than than in the past. Previous rants, yes, agreed. Yeah, agreed. yeah, like it's not like oh, you know, another bargaining round. Sh- you know, what are we going to lose this time? It's like, hey, what are we going to do, guys? How can I help? Yeah, yeah. And, and we're getting that vibe. The union office to a degree that I haven't I haven't seen um you know and you've been working there for ten well, years right no I've been uh, like a salaried officer like full time for four years okay. but I've been an activist since two thousand nine and uh, it's always been kind of kicking the dirt deject de- dejected sort of attitude yeah. on, you know in in general and that is that is changing it's a paradigm shift of attitude yeah and that's something I'm excited for it's exciting times yeah. it's well, also it is and, yeah. and it's also i think we've never been able to communicate so instantaneously mm-hmm. before and we've got things like this podcast and we've got things like slack and we've got things like uh the the, the zoom unit meetings the dub the digital yeah. union the digital board. union board. digital union the dub are we the, calling it we can't. We should call it the dub <laughs> the dub's awesome yeah i know I like but it. somebody's gonna start calling it dumb the dub, 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 the dub. No, I like the dub. Rub a dub, dub. Let's get on the dub. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, wow. al- it's also like I feel like a lot of people think you need to do more than you need to do to be yes. a, a benefit, right? Like yeah. it's it's way better to have everybody doing a little bit than to have a handful of people doing everything. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, Yes. So yeah, even if you just did like, oh, I'm just gonna go to the union. Yeah, yeah. zoom in, hop oh, in a Zoom call. Yeah. That's a that's great it. example. Like people, people keep asking, like, what what can you do, or what can they do to help? If everybody went to a unit meeting, the company would get stop with it freaking and, out. Oh, they would start freaking <laughs> out. We could have like a hopscotch tournament, and if everybody showed up, <laughs> the company would freak out. It doesn't yeah. really matter what it is. Yeah. It, it proves that we're connected. It proves that people are caring. It proves that they're willing to all do the same thing at the same time, which is, you know, down the road, the ultimate of that is potentially a dispute, right? And nobody right. wants a dispute, but mm. all these things demonstrate our power for what's going to happen if things really go in the ditch, if the company really starts to, you know, play rough with us. And we know that we're stronger than to have to lay down for that, right? The, you know, we're, we're ramping up that kind of activity, uh, you know, month after month, uh, leading into bargaining and any any call for action that we put out whether it's a, a come to a unit meeting sign this petition wear this sticker whatever if if everybody was was doing that the company would notice and you would get a better collective agreement and you would have a better work life so yeah. it's, it's not about yeah. really sticking your neck out you know pounding the table at a small team meeting and anything that's like super risky Although I think we've all done that. <laughs> um, I think we all have. Yeah. <laughs> but it's if we all just do our symbolic, you know, 
gestures together. Yeah, yeah. show we're listening. Support, support yeah, show you're listening. Yeah. That's perfect. Perfect. Well yeah. done. So um, a question that came up to, to me the other day is uh, how to check if you're RAND, right? So uh, I'm uh, RAND members, if you don't already know what a RAND member is, it's someone who pays in. They still, um, they still have to pay because everybody benefits from a collective agreement, so everybody still has to pay. But you might not necessarily be the card-carrying, able-to-vote member um, that you think you are. Mm-hmm. And so how do people check if they're RAND or not? Is there a way to yeah. do that? You know, probably the easiest way to check if you're a RAND or a full-fledged union member, if, if, if any, there is any confusion about that, is to email the union office uh, at our general mailbox, which is contact at uswu1944.ca. Just put that link in the bottom there. So yeah, yeah, you just uh, email us and say, hey, did I ever sign an application? You know, am I, am I a member? I signed a whole bunch of stuff when I got hired. Yeah, right. um, you know, am, am I a member or, or not? And and we'll let you know. But yeah, there's really no excuse not to be a a, a, a fully fledged member of the local because you are paying dues. Yeah. Uh, and so why wouldn't you want to vote on, uh, you know, the... Uh, you know whether there's a dispute or whether or maybe um, the upcoming contract yeah <laughs> maybe uh, you want to vote on that say yes we want or no i don't want and surely like you're you... saying right you're paying either way mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. your bloody money's worth yeah, yeah exactly. get your money's worth that's right yeah and it helps us communicate with you right because uh you know we don't automatically get everybody's uh personal email addresses at this time and so yeah, if if you want to be in the loop, if you want to actually, you know, take a bit more ownership over your work yes. life, and you're not sure if you're a union member, then yeah, please contact us at that uh, at our inbox and uh, make sure that you are in touch with the union uh, by having given us your contact information on a membership form, and make sure that you're fully entitled to all the privileges and and rights of uh, union membership. And the website is Katrina uswu1944.ca there you go perfect so all the uh, listen all the information that we ever talk about is on that website so um if you're ever in doubt go to the website you'll probably find and if at least you can't find what you're looking for you'll be able to find a phone number or an email for someone who will tell you what you're looking for well folks that brings us to the end of our episode today michael just want to say it's been awesome having you on board today. We uh, certainly learned a lot. Uh, I've learned a lot, certainly about the pension stuff. But uh, thank you for coming on board. Um, if anybody needs to get a hold of you in the future, is there any way they can do it? Or probably you don't want people to get no, a hold of you. No, I want people to get a hold of me if they oh, have okay. any questions about the local or about uh, you know the pension, anything. Okay. Uh, so they can call the union office at 604-437-8601. The bottom uh, they can email me at michael.phillips at uswu1944.ca. So Michael, A-E-L, uh, Phillips with two L's. And uh, yeah, those are probably the two best ways of getting a hold of me. Awesome. It's good to know that people can get a hold of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'd like to thank you too. I mean, I've got a lot of new information just rattling around up here and it's good. I like I like being informed. Yeah, it was awesome And it's here. been fun. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, this is a great setup. I, lo- I love this form of communicating with with uh, with members. So thanks for all the work that you're putting in. Well, there's at least the four people watching. And Tyler it. as well. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Last time we didn't forget. Yeah. Sorry, Tyler. Thank <laughs> you, Tyler, for coming Yeah, on. no worries. And thanks, Michael, for helping make this even happen. You're yeah. a big part of what uh, helped us get this going. So thanks. Thanks so much, Michael. It's nice to have you here. Nice seeing you again, Michelle. <laughs> so we're going to say cheers to you, Michael, and cheers to the members. And remember, cheers. everybody. Cheers to you. Stay strong as steel. Strong as steel.
Awesome job, guys. Actually, Michael, we do do one thing at the end of every episode, and that is we do, we do a cruise <laughs> to you, uh, but we also sing a song. Okay. And so we're going to sing. Is that not true? Why are you laughing? <laughs> sh- it is true. It's one that we've just started. Oh, it's like it's a, a tradition, tradition starting right now. Starting live. Starting live right now. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll bring us in. Are we going to get the music? I can hear it playing in the background now. Yeah, it's coming in. And solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever.